Hi, this is Rick Thompson, the pastor at Living Water Community Church. This is our podcast, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message builds your faith and blesses you. Please enjoy it. Good morning, everyone, again. I want to welcome you. I want to welcome those who are joining us online. This is our Mother's Day celebration anniversary and anniversary for the church. 20 years. 20 years. Yes. And we celebrated, too, with a picnic. Somebody said what? Have another 20. Have another 20. I don't know if I can do another 20. (laughs) I am 55. (laughs) Now, maybe I can make another 20. But um, we, had a, we had a celebration at the beach yesterday. We had five, five people get baptized, I think, five or six people. It was a great time. Yeah, so if you missed that, make sure you plan on being to those. Those are awesome. Well, we're in a series that we are calling Focus on the Family. And, of course, our, our focus for today, perfect day, is to focus on moms. Moms. I heard a story about a teacher who one day gave her pupils a lesson all about magnets. And so the next day, she gave them a written test, which included the question, my name has six letters, beginning with the letter M, and I pick up things. What am I? And when the test papers were handed back, she was astonished to find that almost 50% of the children answered the question with the word, not magnet, but mother. (laughs) Mother. And so a subtitle for this morning's message is, a mother's role, a mother's role. And we've been kind of basing our text or our, uh, from uh, the start of our messages from the, a few texts, which are based on two scriptures, really. Romans 12, 18, that says, do everything possible, help me out, somebody, on your part to live in peace with everybody. Do everything possible on your part to live in peace with everybody. In other words, We all have a part to play and a role that God expects us to to fulfill. And then the second scripture was what Jesus said in John 10.10. I'm going to read it from the message. I like it. He said, a thief is only there to steal and to kill and to destroy. He says, but I, I came that they may have real life and eternal life more and what? A better life than they ever dreamed of. A better life than they ever dreamed of. And so, again, that's a great reminder that the goal is not perfection, ladies. And when we go over today's message today, don't ever think that Pastor Rick is pointing us to something that's perfect. The goal is not perfect perfection because nobody's perfect, but we can all strive to be better, right? Even if things are bad, things can get better. If things are good, they can still get better, right, with God's help. And so, moms, we know that mothers may pick up things, but... They do much more than just that. And truthfully, as a mom, they don't, ju- they, they don't just walk in one role. They have multiple roles. We got homemakers out there. We got drivers, Uber drivers, cooks, appointment setters, nurses, counselors, referees. If you have multiple children, if you only have one, you haven't seen nothing yet. You've got, uh, you've got uh, um, in, my, in the case of my mom, when I was growing up, she was, uh, she was the judge, jury, and executioner if we didn't listen. I love you, mama. But mostly the moms in my family, to include my mom, my beautiful wife of 35 years, Deborah, my daughter, Amanda, my daughter in love, Tati, 
all mothers and all the mothers in the house today, you all have a role of friend and a loving ear to the kids and our grandkids. I still call my mom to this day when I need some advice or if I just need prayer. And so moms are awesome. And in many cases, for churches, most of the churches, you're the backbone of the churches. I'm just saying. The ladies and the moms are the ones that tend to hold the churches together. We love our moms. And so in today's world, they have to bring home the bacon and fry it up in the pan. Unless you're my wife who, when I went on a pig hunt recently, she told me, don't bring that thing into the house. She said, unless I get it from Publix, don't bring it into the house. But if I get it from Publix, she fries it up in the pan. But everything else gets fried up. So she's a chief cook, bottle washer. And the truth of the matter is, sometimes none of these roles are very easy, especially when you're surrounded by everyday drama. But beyond all the things that you do, moms, I want to remind you that as, the, that as mother, your calling from God is higher still. Amen. And we can find godly examples all throughout the scriptures. Probably the most famous is the Proverbs 31 woman. She's a role of a godly woman and a, and a godly mother. We're going to look at her actions today and see if we can glean some things from her. Proverbs 31 verse 10 says, Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She's more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings good, she brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She's like a merchant's ship, bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plans the day's work for her servants' girls. And I just want to point that out. This woman had servant girls, ladies. Just so you know, let's take a little breath here, right? She goes to inspect the field and she buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread. Her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for her household, for, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspread. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions to, with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Come on, somebody. Amen. Now, every few years, I like to read this chapter as a reminder of the role that really every woman could and should ascribe to, and not just women, this is probably the gold standard that we all can learn from. In this text, these 21 verses, I found eight characteristics that every single one of us could and should emulate. All right? Special orders, if you will. All of which, I'm just going to tell you, without God's help, you might gain a little bit, 
But we need God's help to, to be the men and women of God he's called us to be. Amen? That's where it starts. And so don't, again, it's not perfection. It's direction. And so even if you're taking baby steps in the right direction, you're going in the right direction. Amen? And so let's look at these eight qualities that I've identified in these 21 verses. First of all, she's positive. Write that down. She's positive. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. You know that old saying? Everyone knows it. Happy wife. Come on, somebody. Happy life. And if mama ain't happy, <laughs> nobody's happy, right? Now, why did that saying come to be in our society? Well, because the women tend to set the, I'm going to say the temperature, if you will, of the house. Not always true, because sometimes men will do it as well. Oftentimes they will. But, but she's the thermostat of the house. And, and if she is what we call, what I call a high-strung or easily agitated person, um, you get one of two results from the people in your house. Listen to me. You get one of two results of the people in the house. If she's that way, you either get people who are kind of walking around on eggshells because they don't want to upset her. And I'm the type of person, if you bring that attitude into this church, I'm going to step on your eggshells all day long. Come on, somebody. I am not trying to avoid you because you're high strung. Or in your house, if you're that way and you're kind of high strung, the people in your house learn to just kind of tune you out, tune you out. And I've seen both of them. And for that reason, we all should strive to, to cultivate what the Bible says is a, a positive a atmosphere in our homes. We're, we're, we're kind of getting the front row seat to why dysfunction, uh, uh, to what dysfunction with a capital D looks like. Anybody catching the Johnny Depp, um, uh, Amber Heard news story? Come on, somebody. That, 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 that is a real freak show of dysfunction on both their parts. It's not just one. I'm listening to, I listen to him, and he's falling into that character. What's that Disney character? The, uh, Johnny Depp. That's, that's who he reminds me of on the stand. And then I'm listening to her, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is a real freak show. But if we're honest, tell the truth, there are periods in our lives when our, our lives look like a freak show too. Come on, somebody. Don't have to raise your hand. I know what's going on because I'm the pastor. I get the phone calls, right? And so, and so we have periods of dysfunctional behavior in our lives as well that we could, we could and, and should work on handling things better because we can all do better, amen? Amen? And so verse 10 and 12 kind of gave us the, the, the gold star of what better should look like. It says, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her, and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings good and not harm all the days of her life. And so that's a beautiful picture of what we should strive for. But the Bible also gives us both sides of the story. It gives us what a negative picture looks like. Proverbs 25, 24 says, better to live on a corner of the roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. The corner of a roof. No bueno for my Spanish-speaking people out there, right? 
Now you need to ask yourself, which of those, which of those two pictures are you bringing to your home? And is there room for improvement? We should all strive to be positive, especially as it relates to our homes. Not only is she positive, write this down, she's productive. This woman, this woman doesn't have a lazy bone in her body. She's, she's not simply a stay-at-home mom, and there's nothing wrong with that, especially if that's the season that you're in. But this woman is rocking it at her home and in the marketplace. Look at Proverbs 31. It says, she finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant's girl. I'll remind you again, she has servant girls. She goes to inspect the field and buys it. And with her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong. She is a what? She's a hard worker. Now, all the mamas in the house know that the mothering role is not just for the faint of heart and often includes, and often includes <laughs> more children than they gave birth to. The women are going, mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about blended families either. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about that man you married sometimes getting quiet in here, and the men are like, Pastor Rick, you're, not, you're starting to meddle. But there's this old proverb passed down from mother, mother to daughter giving advice concerning her husband. Listen, it says, cook a man a fish, and you could feed him for a day. But teach a man to fish, and you get rid of him for the whole weekend. <laughs> with, today's, with today's, though, you, you give him an Xbox, and you get rid of him for the whole weekend. Come on, somebody. And so we need more than ever, we need God's help, and we need to know what our role should be as it relates to God and his calling on our lives. And let me just speak to the dads just for a moment. I'm not, ladies, close your ears. I'm talking to the dads, all right? Dads, cooking and cleaning and changing diapers isn't exclusively a mom's role. You weren't supposed to be listening. Especially, again, it doesn't matter, but especially if she's bringing home the bacon just like you. And even if she isn't, she can, we can help out in the home and not add to an overtaxed situation by saying, not my job, not my role. Listen, I've raised four children. No one had to tell me, as God is my witness, my, my wife is here today, no one had to tell me to change my kids' diapers when they were small. All right? There were no arguments. I didn't want my kids sitting around uncomfortable in their own mess. <laughs> and so if she was busy, I got up and did it. Or I just got up and did it. I didn't want them to get rashes. No, the, there were no issues for me watch, watching my own kids or taking them to the park or bike ride. My kids are here today. There were no issues. I loved spending time with my kids. Now, I will admit I got smart about after the second or third child. I insisted on her breastfeeding those little darlings. You know, being, being that it's better for the children and all. But I had my own reasons because, you know, at nighttime when those babies started crying and they were, you know, the breastfeeding. <laughs> Just between you and me. Come on, babe. It's, I don't have the equipment. But everything else, no problem. We should help each other as much as possible. Amen? Amen? Not only was she productive, 
and not lazy. Write this down. This woman was profitable. Profitable. Proverbs 31. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread. Her fingers twisting fiber. In other words, she has a bunch of what I call side hustles going on. Now, there are some churches and religious orders that insist that women must stay home and raise the children. And I'm going to say that that might be your primary role, but certainly someone, someone neglected to tell the Proverbs 31 woman that because that's not all she was doing, was it? Did, did I read the story correctly? This woman was busy, right? And what was she doing? She was doing whatever it took to support her family. Can I get an amen? I remember when Deb and I were younger with our small children, and my money was tight. I was working at uh, the hospital, and she was working at a school, and, and money was tight. And so we decided that we were going to start a lawn service, and we call it DNR, Deb and Rick, Doctor Mowing Service, right? And we had this little clever little jingle made from that old song by Aaron Neville and Linda Ronstadt. You remember that little song? Do we have a clip of that? Can we hear a little bit of it? Look at this face I know the years are showing Look at this life I still don't know where it's going I don't know much But I know I love you And that may be all I need to know Oh, yes. And so we took that little song, we did a little harmony, we put it on our phone, and we said, look, look, at, look at your lawn. Does it look like it needs mowing? <laughs> I can't remember what the second part was, but the third part was, uh, we, don't know, we don't know much, but we know lawn service, and that may be all you need to mow. Call Devin Wick Lawn Service. And on the weekends, guess what we did? My wife was out there with me. Sometimes the kids were in the car, and we were mowing lawns. Come on, somebody. I got my own Proverbs 31 woman in the house. Amen? And that girl's have been kicking butt and taking names for years and years because she's been right alongside of me doing whatever it takes to feed our family. It takes two. Amen? Now, on that note, speaking of finances... Some, sometimes people will ask me, well, Pastor Rick, well, whose role is it to handle the money? It's the man's role, right? And my response, <laughs> yes. my response is always this. It's the responsibility of the person who does it the best. Ta-da! Because there are some dudes that cannot handle money. And because you're a dude... He said, it's my job. No, 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 because you're going to blow it. You're gonna, <laughs> you, you, you can't even add two plus four. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Give it to the person who can do it the best, who's not going to blow up your budget. Amen? Amen? All right, so what's number one? What is she? What else is she? And number three, what is she? I'm going to give you a big word. She's also number four. She's philanthropic. Philanthropic. I'm going to put it up there. I'm going to leave it up there so, so you can write it down. All right? And that's just a fancy word.
but generous. Say generous. Proverbs 31, she said in verse 20, it says, she extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She doesn't just concern herself with me and mine, right? She thinks of others. Why is that important? Why is it important that she doesn't just think of herself and her family? Because it pleases God. It pleases God. Hebrews 13, 16 says, And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, help me out somebody, what does it say? God is pleased. Proverbs 19, 17, Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and what will happen? And he will reward them for what they have done. Acts 10.30, I love this one. It says, Cornelius replied, four days ago I was praying in my house about the same time, three o'clock in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in dazzling clothes was standing in front of me, and he told me, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your gifts to the poor have, have been noticed by God. And I don't know if you remember the story. It's in the book of Acts. This is when God sent the gift of the Holy Spirit to Cornelius' house. He told him to, to go send for, uh, 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 I think it was Peter, who was praying on top of the roof. And Peter ended up going, but he had this encounter with an angel. And the angel told him, listen, your prayers have been heard and your, and your gifts to the poor have been noticed to God. And that was one of the reasons that opened the door for God to send the, the good news of the gospel to him and the pouring out of the Spirit on his family. Folks, generosity should be a part of your regular worship to God. This woman had open hands when it came to the needs of the people around her. And as a result, how many of you know you can't outgive God? Amen? As a result, she lacked nothing in her home. I, I always have this principle. If God can get it to you, he'll get it. If God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. Does that make sense? If God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. Let generosity be a part of what you do on the regular. Let me give you number five. She's also prepared. She's prepared. Proverbs 3.21 says she has no fear of winter. Why? For her household, for everyone was warm, has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspreads. In other words, this woman is a prepper. She has the ability to see the seasons of life and to adequately prepare for it so she's not caught short. Now, folks, generally there are four seasons that we have to deal with. What are they? Help me out, somebody. Winter, spring, summer, fall, right? And this picture kind of gives us a, shows us what it is. We, we got in this picture spring, summer, fall, and winter. And so those, are not, I'm not talking about Florida because we only have like two seasons in Florida. But generally speaking, around the world, there are four seasons. And as sure as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, these seasons will occur, will occur like clockwork. And conversely, you may be, you may be in, a, in, a, in a spring season of your life right now, when everything is bright and beautiful and green and lush, but guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Someone say what? Winter is coming. Amen? Winter is coming. There's, there's a time and a period in your life when winter is going to come into your life. And so you have to be prepared. Amen? Amen? Now, 
the, the Bible talks about when things come into our lives, things break down or hardship comes or Murphy shows up, whether, whether you want to or not, we have to prepare for those times. Preparation is key. Proverbs 6, 6 says this. Listen to this. Lazy people should learn a lesson from the way ants live. They have no leader, chief, or ruler, but they store up their food during the summer, getting ready for what? Winter. How long is the lazy man going to lie in bed? When is he ever going to get up? I'll just take a short nap, he says. I'll fold my hands and rest a while, but while he sleeps, poverty will attack him like an armed robber. Listen to what the message says. This one puts it a little bit more in your face. It says, you lazy fool. Look at an ant, watch it closely, let it teach you a thing or two. Nobody has to tell it what to do. All summer it stores up food, it harvests its stockpiles provisions. So how long are you going to laze around doing nothing? How long before you get out of bed, a, a nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there, sit back, take it easy, dude. Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life, poverty, your permanent house guest. Now, listen to me. No one should want poverty to be their permanent house guest. There are times when leanness comes our way, but we don't want it to hang out for a while, amen? Listen, leanness, you can go out the door. You're not going to be my permanent house guest. Proverbs 21.20 says, The wise have wealth and and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Now, what's the solution? I've always said it over and over again, because there's some people, you know, rainy days come, and the Bible says we need to plan for rainy days. But I always say do the 10-10-10 plan, 10-10-10-70 plan. Write that down somewhere. Obviously, you give God his, his first 10%, because it's the first that comes with a promise. What's the promise? He, he says, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to take care of you. That's what he says. And he says, try me in these things. So you give God his 10 and then you, give, you, give your, you pay yourself next, 10%. Start putting away for a rainy day. And then with that third 10%, knock, out, knock off your debt, right? And once your debt's paid off, what do you do with that 10%? You either put it toward your savings, start saving 20%, or you give more to God, amen? Learn to start to live on 70% of what God has given you. Don't spend everything that God puts in your hand because rainy days come for everyone. This woman was prepared. She saw that winter was coming, and she put away for the winter. She had no worry because she was putting away for the winter. Amen? Amen. Let me give you number six. She's also proud. Write that down. Proverbs 31 says she dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Purple is the color of, like, royalty. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. She laughs without fear of the future. Are you seeing the picture here? I mean, this girl is decked out in fine linen and purple gowns. She's clothed, the Bible says, in strength and dignity. She laughs without fear of the future. And I'm not talking about pride or proud, the proud in a negative way. She's, pro, she's proud in a good way. She has confidence. She, she's got her ducks in a row. She knows who she is and she knows who she belongs to. Amen? Amen. 
and she knows she's taking care of things. Now, 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 now we, can, we, can, we can all be in the same situation as well because the Bible says, listen to me, you are a chosen people. I didn't say it. The Bible says it. 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of God who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Come on, somebody. God, God has not called us to walk with our heads hung down low. Amen. He, he's clothed us with grace and righteousness. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. We need to be walking around this world with our head held high because we are chosen by the Father. We are his very special possession. The scripture says you, you are his, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his special possession. Amen. And so we don't have to be afraid or anxious about what, what's coming in the future. Come on, somebody. A lot of us, are. you turn on the news and anxiety hits us. We see that inflation is hitting us in certain ways. And so anxiety becomes a part of our lives in so many ways. But my Bible says, perfect love casts out all fear. Now listen to me this morning. And you are perfectly loved by the Father. Come on, somebody. We have the ability to take what's coming our way and not have to shoulder it on our own shoulders by ourselves. The scripture says to cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. Amen? And we can walk in that confidence, that same confidence that she walked in. Because you have your ducks in a row as it relates to the things of the Lord. Let me give you number seven. She's also prudent. Proverbs 31, 26. Again, that's just another word for wise. When she speaks... Her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. Let me say that again. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Folks, she's prudent and she's wise in the things she says. She's not turning to her kids and when they mess up and say, you stupid idiot, why'd you do that? Come on, somebody. No one in this house ever did that, right? You big dummy. Divorce situations. You're just like your dad. You're just like your mom. How many know your kids know that that's not a compliment when you say that? In that moment, they know that's not a compliment. The things that are coming out of our mouths. This woman is prudent and she's wise in the things that she says. She's careful about what she says. Someone said a long time ago, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. That's a lie. Sticks and stones will break your bones. And words will break your spirit. Be careful of what you're laying on your children. You have the ability to build them up or to tear them down. I didn't say it. It's in the word of God. 
Psalms 34, 12 says, does, not, does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. James 3, 9 says, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, what does it say? This should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? And one breath we come to church and we, think, we sing. We exalt thee. We exalt thee. Hallelujah. And then we leave church and we go home and the little darling says something you don't like or the husband says something you don't like or someone cuts you off in traffic. Fresh water and salt water coming from the same thing. Be careful. Bless, the Bible says, and do not curse. What's number one? Number two? Number three? Number four? Five? Six? Seven. Let me give you the, the eighth and final one. This woman is praised. She's praised. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Now, who gets praised? The woman, the scripture says, who fears the Lord. And it's not about outward beauty like the world and Hollywood insists. These are people who, who can't even tell what a woman is. Come on, somebody, when asked. And if their marriages last more than six minutes or six weeks, that's a lot. Folks, we should not be turning to Hollywood and taking our cues from them at all. All right? We should be turning to the Word of God. Amen? And the Bible says it's not what's going on on the outside that is the most important. The Bible says it's what's going on on the inside. First Peter 3 1 through 6 says, in the same way, in the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands. And then even if some refuse to obey the good news, even if some refuse to obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words. They will be won over by observing your pure and reverent lives. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, and beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a what? A gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. And this is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. They put their trust in God. They put their trust in God and accepted the authority of their husbands. For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband, Abraham, and called him her master. 
I've been trying to get Deb to do that for me for years. <laughs> you are her daughters. When you do what is right without fear of what your husbands might do. Now listen, listen. It says you are, you are her daughters and God's children when you do what is right without fear of what your husbands might do. Now what is it talking about? You know why you don't have to fear, the scripture says, if you do what's right? You don't have to fear your husbands. You don't have to fear anybody if you do what's right. Because when you're living for the Lord, you are submitting to the love of your soul. You are submitting to your heavenly father. And as it, as it relates to your being obedient to the things in this, on this earth, how many know that your heavenly father has your back? Come on, somebody. And man, this is the truth, and we'll hear about this next week concerning the role of the father. But if you mess with his daughter, you're going to mess with him. And the scripture says there's consequences for messing with his daughters. We'll talk about that more next week. And so the, the Bible says regardless of what he does, whether he serves the Lord, he doesn't serve the Lord. He says, you wives submit to, your, to the, the love of your soul and to your husband as unto the Lord. In other words, it, it doesn't say if he does everything right. No, you do it as unto the Lord. Amen? And God will have your back regarding his response to you. Sometimes my wife in the past, she wouldn't argue. She'd just say, okay. And then I start to worry when she said, when she said okay. Did I make a mistake? Because when she says, okay, that means she put me in God's hands. Back in the day, they used to they used to have a play that was called Your Arms Are Too Short to Box with God. Anyone remember that one? <laughs> and so when you get put in God's hands and Heavenly Father decides to bring correction to his child, there's not a thing you're going to be able to do. <laughs> and so sometimes the best thing you can do, wives, is just step out of the way and let God deal with it. <laughs> and don't lose your peace and allow God to develop in you a gentle and quiet spirit because your daddy's got your back. Amen. Amen. And that's the type of woman, the scripture says, shall be praised. The woman who fears the Lord, who makes a priority of him in their life. Now, I don't know where you are on that spectrum of those eight things. I, I think none of us have arrived in terms of all of them. We can all do better, though, right? And let me challenge you that whatever area the Holy Spirit may have put a check in your spirit about, don't just brush it off. Say, Lord, I, I want to be all that you want me to be in this area. Help me to be that Proverbs 31 woman and be a reflection of your grace and your love and your strength and your power on this earth while I'm here.
Because at the end of the day, who are we trying to please? I call it an audience of one. I don't care what my neighbors think or what they say or she says. That's the problem. Too many of us are listening to what she says. And she's all, she is usually already divorced and living a miserable life, and she wants you to live in that miserable life the same way. Who cares? This is who I care. I care about what he thinks. Because at the end of the day, you are not going to stand before God with anybody else. It's going to be you and him. And you'll give an answer for your life to the extent that you've obeyed or you didn't. I won't be your judge. Your husband won't be your judge. Your children won't be your judge. Only God will be your judge. Amen? And so it behooves us to live a life as best we can with the help of the Holy Spirit, pleasing. And that's pleasing to the Lord. But it all starts with the fear of the Lord. The Bible says, which is the beginning of wisdom. And that's for all of us. If you've not yet made a commitment, a serious commitment to Christ, the Bible says today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Today, he's a gentle spirit. He's not trying to beat us up. He's trying to grow us up. Amen? He's trying to make us uh, mature in the things of the Lord and the way we respond. Not taking our cues from you know, the Amber Heard's and the Johnny Depp's of the world, obviously, that's the extreme, but Hollywood and let's take our cues from the word and be the best uh, husbands and wives and mothers and grandparents that we can be as unto the Lord and it's honoring to him. If you've not yet accepted Jesus as your Savior and Lord, it'll be my privilege and my honor to lead you in a prayer of commitment to him. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And those who are watching online, do the same thing. Say something like this from your heart. If, if the Holy Spirit is dealing with you, the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the standards of God, God, and the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we all have areas in our lives where we, can, we need help and we need him to help us work on it. And so if that's you and you've got something in your life that you're not particularly proud of, ask him to forgive you. He says he, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just tell him you're sorry. Sorry for what I said. Sorry for what I did. Sorry for how I handled. Father, forgive me. Forgive me for the sins that are in my life. Forgive me for not always taking the high road and going low. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on my behalf. Three days later, rise from the dead. And because he lives, I will live as well. Come into my life and come into my heart and help me to be the woman of God, the man of God that you call me to be. Fill me with your spirit from this day forward. In Jesus' name, I pray. And we all said, Amen.
Thank you so very much for listening to this message. We hope you were truly blessed. If you were, please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already and share it with a friend. Doing so will cause the seeds of God's word and the message of his love to spread like wildfire. So thanks again for partnering with us in this important way. Stay thirsty for Christ, my friends, until the whole world hears. God bless.